Welcome into another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, joined by Easton Freeze. Easton, I won't bother with asking you uh, how you are tonight. I mean, I think we're all in a pretty pretty dark place after that game, but I uh, appreciate you joining me, as always. Well, I was doing a crossword all <laughs> afternoon. Was there, well was there something that happened? Did I miss something? Yeah, okay, so we're going to go through it. Um, you know, and, and you made a statement right before we started here that I think was an interesting one. Um, about how th- this loss feels really bad. So we'll kind of open up with that. Tell me, let's go through what you said right before we started recording. Well, I said it's kind of wild in a year where the Titans managed to lose to the Jets and the Texans. At the time, both, both teams were the worst in the AFC. Um, this feels like their worst loss. Uh, and, <clears throat> you know, I think it's a couple of things. I think it's a culmination of the the magnitude of importance of this game in terms of playoff seeding. Um, I think it's this game kind of being a <clears throat> coming to a head for the offense, people kind of realizing um, that I, I don't know how to quantify it. This is really, this is some uh, capital J journalism, big boy analytics, very scientific, but I, it just feels like this was the end of the trial run for the offense to figure out life without Henry and I think pretty clearly the limitations are set at this point at least that's how I felt watching the game it felt like um it is what it is at this point um and and without AJ Julio and or Derek Henry on the field this team is just cooked and some people will probably take take issue with me having Julio in that trio but uh, just I let me ask you to think back to this game today, just a couple of hours ago, just a day ago, when you're hearing this on Monday morning. The Titans were moving the ball really well all game, and then Julio disappeared, and the wheels fell off. And if you go back this season and look at the games that Julio's played in, I believe the Titans are 9-2 and two in those games. So regardless of whether you think he has the physical ability to be a high-end wide receiver too or a starting wide receiver talent at all, Clearly, he is drawing attention uh, that's necessary for this offense to open up. And they even said on the broadcast multiple times when Julio was in the game, there was a reason that he wasn't getting the play that you'd expect from him today because the defense recognized correctly that he was the only threat in terms of playmakers on this offense. And so they just doubled or bracketed him on every single play. Um, And then as soon as he left the game, they could single every wideout because they're they're all lawn chairs and deck furniture, no offense, but they're all practice squad guys and depth running or wide receivers. Um, and they were able to, you know, send the house or drop seven every time. And the offense just fell apart besides the run game, which we can get more into that later. But yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, I forgot to do this from the top. Obviously this is home run throwback Broadway sports media.com. Oh yeah. This is the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. This In case podcast. you weren't aware. You, I mean, you clicked on the episode. Right, you yeah. Should know, yeah. But. but anyway, um, <laughs> throwback where you get your podcast, get it there. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at JMorrisMCM, at Easton Freeze. Again, BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Didn't do all that stuff from the intro. Um, kind of off the rails already on this one. Yeah, so listen, here's the problem, all right? Let me, let me tell you what the problem is. You, you know what the problem is? I, <laughs> yeah, I've been dying to know. Lay, lay on me what the is, problem here's is. The, no, 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 here's the problem. The offensive okay. line can't pass protect. Because, mm. I mean, look at the rushing numbers from this game. They ran yeah. the ball 42 times for 201 yards. They're fantastic. Foreman at, carried at the ball blocking. 22 times for 108 yards. Hilliard, not for <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey. they looked awesome. 
The running backs looked great. Everybody in this that game. says this line is not good is wrong. Yes. Everybody on, on line that says this line is not a championship caliber line is wrong. They're fantastic. Yes, run blockers. in run blocking, they um, can't pass protect for anything. And here's here's anything. here's my problem with that. That's not changing when Derrick Henry comes back. Like, listen, the, the not changing at all. Be better. Like, and AJ Brown's going to come back, and that's going to make them better. And I think Julio is done. And again, I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like I need to go through this because I feel like you know somebody's going to listen and, and be like, "Oh my gosh, can't believe you're already giving up." It, it's not that I'm already giving up on him. And, I, and again, I love Julio Jones more than anybody on this, like any of anybody in the fan base does. I promise you. Like I have an Alabama number eight jersey. Okay, you have more maybe, reason than most yeah, yeah. to have unreasonable expectations. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have it in my closet. Um, but listen, he hurt his hamstring. And, I mean, I don't know what, week 9 or 10 of last season, didn't play the rest yeah. of the year, okay? So had all of that time for it to get better. He came into training camp, was on the field for a couple of days, and then was gone. And it's been that. It's been he, he can get through a week here, he can get through a couple of weeks here, he can get through a game, get through a game and a half, and then he's done. And, and like, everybody's like, oh, we just got to get him to the playoffs. At this point, like, what? What it gives you any type of belief that he's going to be able to put together what's going to be three weeks. Don't, I mean, listen, if they're going to win the Super Bowl, they're going to have to win three games in the playoffs or to get to the Super Bowl. Um, what gives you any type of faith that he can string together four games in a Super Bowl run? Like, he hasn't been able to – when's the last time he put together four games? The beginning of There's the 2020 tangible. season, right? So, I mean, come right. on. Like, like, right. like, let's, let's, let's take that off the table. But anyway, the, the offensive line can't pass protect. And, that, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. I mean, so the first play, it was, it was the first play of the game, right, where um, they had, Julio was open. He, there was going to be a 70-yard touchdown. It was six. It was a- six, And yeah. Ryan Tannehill didn't even get to set his well, feet. Well, hang on. Now, now, you're assuming that Julio gets, that's, that's a long way to run without pulling a hammy. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, but I feel, I feel like he had, you know, that in. <laughs> but that probably would have been, been it, potential. right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it may, that may have been the end of the day, yeah, right? There. Yeah. Hang him up. But, but, and I mean, I know Mitchell Schwartz on Twitter blamed it on the running back, and he's probably right. He, listen, he knows more about pass protection. We will than defer I do. to Mitchell, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, sure. But Aaron Brewer got beat bad. <laughs> and he maybe did. the running back should have stepped in there to, to, to help. Okay. But, um, and it was just, it was that all day. And these people that are, um, that, that want to, they want to, they want a new quarterback. Well, let's get rid of Ryan Tannehill. Let's get somebody else in there. <laughs> uh, Can we okay. just get that off the table? Well, yeah. now, can we go ahead? Yeah, and, go ahead. Right, so, Let's like, I, I, tw- I tweeted out earlier today, I tweeted out earlier today that that there's a, and it's, this is not a new thing this year, it's, it's been a, a brewing thing, but it boiled over this afternoon. There's a growing faction of Titans fans that are wanting uh, Ryan Tannehill to be, like, go after the season for the team to move on. Uh, I saw somebody, I forget who it was, I, if, uh, if I remembered, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't roast you by name, but you know who you are, and I hope you're listening to this because shame on you. You tweeted that Spo track and asked him if the Titans can get out of Ryan Tannehill's contract after the season, which the answer is no. Um, but it's just, just foolishness, just foolishness. Yeah, you you either you either are a brand new Titans fan or you have a, a very significant short-term memory problem that I, I desperately need you to see a doctor for because this this isn't a thing where there there's there's just this there seems to be this notion that there is this plethora of of suitable 
upgrades at quarterback, just floating out there in the ether. The Titans can just move on from their guy who, you know, two years, suitable guy, was a step up from Mariota. Thank you for your service. Honorable discharge. Now get the hell out of here, and let's move on to the Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilsons of the world. They're just floating out there. There's plenty to choose from. Let's go to the quarterback grocery store and pick off the upgrade a guy that can carry I've, I've seen a lot of this today we need a guy that can carry the team on their back I've got news for you pal you know how many of those guys are in the league at any given point like four to six max and even they go through slumps right so you're not finding Patrick Mahomes a Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers a Tom Brady those guys aren't walking in that door it, it, you can throw money at them but first of all Tennessee, not the biggest market. Good luck getting a big name to come to Tennessee. I mean, you saw you saw it it happen almost with Peyton Manning back in the day. You saw rumblings about it with Tom Brady, neither of which really it sounds like was all that serious of a thing. But market aside, you you're not in a situation as a team to go and do that. And even if were you you think a guy would want to come given this this is the state of these weapons? You think Look, a guy would want to come given the state of, of, of the pass protection he'd be receiving? Look, it's just there's a there's a million and one reasons why that's not a, a suitable thing. And and it's so foolish and, and short sighted for you to think that you can just move on. Like a lot of a lot, I've seen a lot of people saying we we just need a guy that can that can carry this team, that can do this or do that. And I'm and I'm I'm just responding, yeah, you and and 24 to 30 other franchises every single year since the beginning of the NFL. Like, that's the game, man. That's yeah. the game. Find you a quarterback who can carry you on, on their back. It's not easy, clearly, because it's very, very rarely done. And when it is done, it doesn't last long. So it's just ridiculousness. And I'll be done with my rant now. Well, listen, I mean, we're sitting here as we're recording. I, I'm watching Saints and Bucks. There's like 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Bucks have, right have zero points. They have zero um, Tom Brady was the, Why? I mean, clearly front runner to win the MVP coming into this game. And in this game, they have lost Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette. Oh. And guess what? They can't move the ball. They can't move the ball. Because Wait, so they, they, lost, don't... they lost all of their elite weapons. Yes. And, they, and it, now it, Tom Brady looks like a traffic cone out right. there. Right. So listen, I mean, I, I, I get it. And I, I understand. That's like, crazy how that works. I know. It's crazy. I, I, I Listen, people are like, oh, you're making too many excuses for Ryan Tannehill. I'm not ever going to tell you that he's Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Tom Brady. He's not played good either. Right. Like, does it sure. have to be one or the other? Right. He's but not played good. He's, he's also been in the worst situation in right. the entire Come league. Come on. And All let me, year. Let me get something else out here. What in the world happened with Josh Reynolds? And I know, like, I'm hard on John Robinson. And listen, like I said last week, I mean, there's going to be there, – there's a problem coming down the road with this offensive line, with the state of the weapons. I mean, they, they've got some issues. Oh, that, yeah. They've got some oh, deficiencies yeah. that, that they've had some problems with in the draft. That's not for right now. But no, no. The, the Josh Reynolds thing I don't think is on John Robinson. It seems like it's got to be on the coaching staff because I don't know what happened. He wasn't healthy here whatever. He couldn't get on the field, um, you, you know, whatever. Whatever. They There's just let him go. Some fundamental he, issues he came with in and said, and the... whatever. He came in and said, I don't want to be here anymore. They said, great, see you later. And now he's playing with the Lions, getting back with, you know, the elite quarterback Jared Goff, who he played with in, in with the Rams. And he's making – he makes a circus touchdown catch every week. He looks great. Yes. Every week. Like, he looks really good. Somebody told me, well, you know, if they would have known what was going to happen, they wouldn't have done that. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. But – 
who in their right mind in a front office was counting on Julio to come back and stay healthy after everything that we've talked about? I mean, just look at it objectively, what the problems that he's had, staying healthy, all that stuff. Who was like, you know what, in three weeks, Julio's going to be fine. We'll let Josh Reynolds go. We won't need him. I, I just don't understand that. I don't understand. I, anyway, that one, that one really, it bothers me. Like I said, we're sitting there, you know, watching this meltdown yeah. happen, and they cut yeah. away. Let's go to the Lions and Cardinals game, and here's Josh. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. Um, Which is, he, by the way, the best thing that's going to happen to the Titans all week long. The fact, I mean, that's, well, I, right. I tweeted yeah. that as well. Listen, the fact, the, the yeah. Titans get to play second fiddle this week because Cardinals lost to the Lions. So right. it's the one week where Titans fans, they're going to be, uh, you know, mysteriously quiet about how little media coverage the Titans are getting because they're going to be overshadowed by how the Cardinals lost to Motor City Dan and the Motor City Kitties today, which is right. hilarious yeah. in and of itself. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the Josh Reynolds thing, listen, it, it's, it's, and this is a, a, an interesting sidebar, but Josh yeah, Reynolds, sorry. in his time in Tennessee, he lived in the house that I grew up in. He was renting that house just down the street from where I live now. Um, which was wild. So I like would see him out in the yard throwing balls in August, and now he's gone. Um, but that that's my tiny connection to Josh Reynolds, who now is playing in Detroit. Else. No, no, that's this is Broadway. It's a Broadway exclusive, and and, um, and so the timing was unfortunate. Clearly, and like you said, it it in hindsight seems like it was a a rather foolish decision to count on Julio Jones to be that guy. And I guess maybe I. If I had to get the thinking was, well, even if Julio's out, AJ can carry the ship. Um, I also think it, w- it wouldn't shock me, at least, if it was one of those things where it's like, well, the front office and the coaching staff is so in love with Nick Westbrook-Akine, they think that he's just another Josh Reynolds, right? Because so, we, we heard about that all offseason. Right, so maybe yeah, they just thought, that's... well, we'll get rid of Josh Reynolds because we, ha- we already have one. And he's a, yeah. he's, you, know, you hear all about how he's the perfect guy. He's a great teammate, all these great things, and he sounds like a great guy. Um, and he, I, I think he would be a capable wide receiver three or four on a team, but he, you know, clearly has a serious limitations when it comes to being a, a primary receiver on a team. Um, so yeah, the timing was bad and yeah, I'm done talking about Josh Reynolds on this podcast. Yeah. We have more important things. Yeah, to yeah, I'm about. Sorry. But anyway, so, um, getting back to the game on the field today, um, this defense has been unbelievable. Uh, you know, really they, good. Yeah. I mean, really they, gave good. Up, <laughs> they gave up 19 points today, right? 19 points, 12 of those points yards, came off of four turnovers that, that the offense had, right? They held them to a field goal every time, every every time that the Titans coughed the ball up. At least know, two or one. three of them were in Titans territory, right. yeah, correct? No, no, they I mean, were they started, all, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and so, you know, it, it's just so funny the way that things have flipped from last year. From last year, you feel like, man, if the defense can just get, like, you know, one or two stops a game, um, yep. th- they can beat anybody. Now it's like if the offense can score – 20 points, you know, that the, they can win a bunch of games. So, I mean, it, it's funny how those things have changed. I, I think that, you know, that the, the front four um, has been really, really good. And, again, you want to talk about, uh, like I said, I mean, I know that, you know, my John Robinson stuff people get mad at me for. Um, and, and obviously there have been some issues. But John Robinson can find guys that fall through the cracks other places or, you know, that aren't drafted. Naquan Jones has been awesome. Um, you know, Tier Tart was yeah. good before he got hurt. He's been able to find. I mean, that front has been really good. Um, when you look, he's at among the best Simmons, in the league at finding overlooked yeah. talent. Simmons, he just can't. When it comes to the big time first, second, third round guys, that's right, when that's it seems the to fall apart. Yeah. And 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 the equivalent in free agency, right? And, and yes. know, he hit on Danico Autry, but then you know Bud Dupree. Uh, 
I don't think that that then that's looking like it's going to be something that works out long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julio Jones, you can't say that's worked out. Obviously, last year the two big pass rush acquisitions uh, were just tire fires. Yeah. So it's the it's the big time stuff that he can't that, do. Apparently, with, sure. Um, but like, like I said, he he has remade this front with with Autry and, and, and the guys that came in around Simmons. Um, but like Bud Dupree looked good today. Um, you know, they obviously did. still on a little bit of a pitch count, but that was to be expected in his yep. first game back. Um, so, you know, the, the problems are not there at this point because, listen, you know, all week long I do a lot of the DFS stuff, and so many people were talking up, hey, Roethlisberger, Claypool, uh, Deontay Johnson, like those, those are guys you can play. You can stack this game bust, and with bust, those bust. guys. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. And, and the Titans did great against them. Um, you know, and I was, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is clearly a shell of himself. Um, you know, I said earlier in this game, I mean, I remember, you remember yeah. times, you know, in his prime where you saw him do that pump fake and you were like, oh no, he just ended the play. He's going to find somebody. The Titans never could sack him. I mean, you know, and now a mile downfield and throws a five and, touchdowns a game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now he does that pump I mean, fake and he just, gamer. you know, falls down or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, but listen, the, the defense was good. The defense obviously played well enough for the, for this team to win today. I mean, there's no question about that. And that, that was my fear. They allowed, they, um, they, they allowed the fewest yards in any Titans game since, like, yeah. 2010, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's crazy. And, I, I mean, I, but I, I mean, said it's it like, Not just a great game. One of the best Titans games by any Titans Ever. defense in, like, right. a decade. And, and the Titans have had some really good defenses in that, in that time span. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I said at, at halftime when it was 13-3, to games like that always make me uncomfortable because it felt like the Titans had dominated that game. And then it's 13 to 3. You know, and, and so I feel like if they, on that 10 minute drive, if they could have gotten a touchdown there, it's a different game. You know, but that stalls out. They end up with a field goal. Um, and, and I don't know. I just, every time the defense needed to come up and make a stop, they did. Now, they haven't been, they haven't forced turnovers. Um, but like you said last week, I mean, turnovers are, are, are a pretty fluky status, especially fumbles. Now, the Titans continue their terrible fumbling issue. Um, in this game, and I, I don't, I haven't even watched what Vrabel said after the game. I pretty much just shut it down um, after about 30 minutes after the game was over because I just couldn't take it anymore. But um, I mean, I'm assuming you know the only answer I think to any question is well, when you're you, you know when you're minus four in the turnover battle, you can't win. I, I mean that that's a that's pretty obvious yeah. thing, and, and I mean we've we've seen that multiple times this year, unfortunately. That that's had that's well, had that's what I was going to bring up earlier when you said that you'd found the problem. I think that, that I think that there are two the problems. Yeah, right? sure. It's turnovers and it is offensive line. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, listen, I, <laughs> it's just it's so frustrating because something good happens, like that play to Ferkser. It's a good play. You know, Tannehill makes a really good throw, getting hit in the face um, on that yep. play, and then Ferkser catches the ball, turns up field, and the guy just knocks it out. You know, and, and just in the second half of the game, the Titans really were finding new and creative ways to turn the ball. To turn over. the ball it over. Was, yeah, you had a the snap that was a disaster. Um, you yeah. know, the interception was tipped to the line and, you know, goes up and just falls into a guy's hands. They completed the parlay of, of ridiculousness. Yeah, they threw the game away in the second half. They've got to find a way, obviously, to clean that stuff up. And, you know, ball security. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many times they can go over that in meetings. Uh, I'm sure they've talked about that ad nauseum in that building about protecting the football, not fumbling. And, and fumbling has been a, a big thing. You know, I mean, I, we talked about Daniel and the interceptions, and that's been a problem at times. That was not a problem today. Um, he had one ball that probably should have been picked that wasn't, um, and then the, the tip ball at the line. I mean, that's just a fluky thing that, you know, right. half the time that falls to the turf, nobody touches it. Half the time it gets picked, and it just happened to, to be that today. Um, but until they can clean that up, 
They're not going to win games. I don't care who's on the field. If they turn the ball, all, ball over four times, they're not going to win, even if they have Henry, A.J. Brown, Julio, John, I mean, whoever, right? So, I mean, that's, that's another thing that they've got to find a way to get past. And, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Because is, that a, is it a discipline thing? Is it a – I mean, I, I don't know. Vrabel's teams have, have typically played, you know, pretty disciplined football. Um, but that well, has been – Well, statistically speaking, and I'll, and I'll put my, my nerdy cap on for a, a brief moment – Statistically speaking, it's a luck thing. Yeah, and I know it, it's it is it's more complicated than that. It's not purely luck, but you look at you look at different statistics, and among the most regressive, and I've said this for a couple of weeks, is turnovers, right? And so, turnovers. You look like a, a big narrative with Arizona all year long, as they've dominated until recently when they haven't. They were among, if not the luckiest turnover team in the history of the NFL. In, in terms of fumbles, they they had fumbled through ten games, I think it was, and this this is paraphrasing the stat, might be a little bit off, but it's the it's the general idea. Through ten games, they had fumbled like twenty four times and recovered twenty two of them, which is is just a it's a luck factor, right? And and not just recovering turnovers or fumbles, but but hitting them. Turnovers are a regressive stat, and by by that I mean game to game. They tend not to trend all that well. They 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 tend to be uh, they tend to not follow patterns like many other stats do, like how offenses and defenses ebb and flow, yada yada yada. Well, well, turnovers in a game are a big luck factor, X factor of the game, and and typically, you know, teams can get on runs here or there, but it's just a luck thing. And so, I've been saying for a couple weeks, you look at these ridiculous turnover games. I think the Titans have had 14 fumbles in the last four games or something ridiculous. Um, not all lost, but, but you know, an, about half of them, I believe, were eight, I think. Um, you, you keep looking at that and saying, well, you know, that's really unfortunate. And you look at the box score, and, it, and, and it's been this case for, I think, three of the last four games for the Titans. If not four of the last, actually, no, four of the last four. One was a win, but three of them were losses. You look at the box score... And the Titans are the better team in every statistical category, every single one, except for two of them, points and turnovers. And unfortunately, I'm told those are the two most important ones. And so you look at that and you think, oh, well, you know, that you almost kick yourself more because it's like they they had it. They were the better team. They were the side in this game. And they just they found a way to lose. The other team didn't find a way to win. But you you look you look ahead and you think, man, you know, at least at least there's room for hope. It's not like they just got beaten to the ground by a better team. They're better than that. And so you think these turnovers are aggressive. They're going to get back. They'll get off the schneid, and they will, they'll start winning turnover battles because it's a, it's a luck thing. It always is going to regress to the mean eventually. But here we are, four games in, and they've, they've continued. They've, they've got like a negative 12 turnover differential in the last four games or something, negative double digits, whatever it is. And and you you can keep saying that, and I'm gonna keep saying it because statistically it's correct, but but maybe that regression to the mean doesn't come until next season. Like, right. yeah, it's just it's it's wild, and it's ultimately like you said, it doesn't matter who's on the field if you continue to lose the turnover battle, negative two, negative three, negative four, or negative five in each game, you're just gonna lose. It's gonna be an early exit. You're gonna be a wild card team. You're going to be in the wild card round, and you're going to go home early, and you're going to wonder what if. Yeah, and one more thing um, before we get to some hot takes and that kind of stuff that we saw on Twitter today. Um, I had put at one point in the game that the refs were trying to keep the Steelers in the game. 
And listen, I understand that if you saw that tweet after the game, you understand when it happened. Um, it's irrelevant because the, the Titans did plenty of things to shoot themselves in the foot. The refs were not the reason that the Titans lost this game. But there were a few plays on the Steelers' first touchdown drive, so the, the, the drive that made it 13-10, to 10, that were, they were pretty egregious things that happened. Um, the first yeah. one was on that first play of that drive where, I mean, it ended up being an offsetting penalty, so it didn't hurt the Titans from the standpoint of the, you know, the Steelers didn't get the ball way down the field. But they called pass interference on, I think it was Buster Scrine. Um, and it, it, like I said, there was, a, there was a Steelers hold, so it offset didn't count. Scrine played that perfectly. Like, he had position, did everything he was supposed to do. And there was a guy, and, and you know, I, I mean, I'm sure there are people that know more about officiating than I do. I, I know one in particular that will probably have something to say about this. But, you know, there's, a, there's an official running on the sideline with the play, and then there's, I guess, the back judge in the middle of the field. The guy Correct. that's running down the, the sideline with the play did not throw his flag. It was the guy from the middle of the field that threw his flag. It was a bad call. I mean, when you went back and watched it, he, he, he actually played it really, really well. Um, so that hurt him there because, you know, again, instead of being first and 20, it's first and 10 again, okay? So that, that was bad. Listen, the, the unnecessary roughness call on, I guess it was, it was Cunningham, right, that hit Fryer move. Uh, listen, I, I, the play knocked him out. Like, I get that. And, I, I mean, I guess by the letter of the law. But it looked like a pretty good form tackle. It just happened that he hit him in the middle of his body instead of off to the side. It was. Like, I, call. Yeah, like, I just, I don't know. I didn't like that one either. And then the other thing I'll say is the, the was it the, I don't know if the, the Simmons penalty happened on that drive. I don't think it did. But there was another play. It was where, the next one, I believe. Yeah, there was. It was another one where Simmons got called for roughing the passer, which for this he one, fell at the feet. If, yeah, for this one, I'll that's say I think that that's a rule problem and not an officiating problem because I, you, I think I agree. After yeah, I when you just it, when you just watch the play, like by the letter of the rule, that's a penalty. Now. I thought he kind of like dove and kind of ended up there instead of like. I think you kind of if you saw it, you kind of understand what I'm saying. He didn't dive at his le- at his knees. He dove and then kind of got pushed into Roethlisberger's knees when he stepped up. So I mean, it was just kind of like a bad luck thing there for Simmons. I, w- I wish they would reevaluate that rule. I mean, that that rule has been in place since you know Tom Brady's ACL got torn back whenever that was the Matt Castle year. The Patriots went eleven and five. I mean that that rule came in after that, and I, I just I think I, I don't think it's a good rule. I, I think that there should be a little bit more, uh, you know, discretion that comes in with that because Simmons was not trying to do anything dirty there. It was just kind of a a way that the that the play pulled out. I don't again. I don't think that. Um, I don't, I don't think that's why they lost the game, but there were some pretty egregious calls in that game. I thought it was hilarious at the end of the game when they, the, the fourth down play where, I mean, he was clearly short. Like, if you watch the play live, he was clearly short. When they showed the replays, he was clearly short. When they, when they came out and spotted the ball, they gave him, you know, half a yard more than they should have. And then when they were measuring, it was so weird the way they did that because they didn't have the chain right against the ball. And it looked like, and it was probably an optical illusion by the way the, the camera was shooting toward the ball. It wasn't, you know, right on the line. It was behind it a little bit. But it almost looked like 
where they spotted the ball and where they were shooting it, it looked like the ball was touching the stick. Now, if they if they go to re, if, if they I think ruled, it was it yeah. was a bad it was a bad spot. It was a I think that it was a first it was a, down based a, on the spot. Yeah, it was a terrible spot. And, and you know when they ruled it a first down the field, you're like, oh my gosh, like get up there and run a play. Obviously, they weren't going to be able to do that because they were going to stop it to, to see all that. He wasn't close to getting the first down there. And, and listen, I have a problem. Was that Westbrook Aquina? I think was that was the was the guy that the, the drop long one. No, 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 well, yeah, but I'm talking about that last play where the fourth. Oh, the final play. Short. Yes, yeah. I think it was. I yeah, think it, it was. was. Yeah. Okay, you got to run the route a yard and a half further down the field. Like I don't understand you do. why you cut that route off short of the sticks. If he runs it, where if he runs it to the correct depth, the pass is still completed. It's a first down, and I don't, I, I yes. can't understand why receivers don't do that. Like I, it, it, that drives me crazy. But anyway, so if if you go back and see that tweet, just understand that in the context of when that happened. There were things that were happening that felt like kind of lucky breaks for the Steelers. Once the game's over, I don't think by any means the officials were the reason the Titans lost that game. No, it was really poor officiating the game, but um, the officiating could have been perfect, and the Titans were still perfectly liable to find a way to lose that game. Um, Because, again, the, the Steelers didn't win. The Titans lost, and so it's just the way the cookie crumbles on that. Yeah, so, like, I... Like I said, I mean, there was just some just some things that happened along the way there, but the Titans didn't. They were they weren't able to make anything happen. I mean, they had plenty of chances where it felt like they could have put the game away with a touchdown, with a good drive, with the ability to pass protect. And you know, people are down on Downing again um, for you know. I mean, it felt like at times they should have just kept running the ball. Don't even don't even drop back to pass because you can't. It wasn't. And, it was not a good Downing game in my yeah. opinion, and I've been. I've been a defender of Downing yeah. the majority of the season. Um, today was was not a good day from him. Uh, yeah, 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 not a, I, not a passing grade. That being said, the I mean, again, I I'm just I don't have any energy for the the people online that are are clearly just not intelligent and have you know benched Tannehill and fired Downing as their username. Like I just I've just started, I, if I respond to you with I've, I've just started responding to people with thanks for the tweet exclamation mark. Um, so if, if you get that response from me, that just, just picture me rolling my eyes so hard that I pull every muscle in my, in my skull, um, because I, I'm, I'm, I don't have energy for you and your ridiculousness. And so, yeah, again, it's the nuance. He had a bad day and, uh, they lost the game. They didn't lose because of Todd Downing, not even close, but his play calling certainly didn't help. And, uh, overall he's done fine this season. He's done pretty much what I think were were my expectations for him reasonable expectations for a new guy um and so yeah, that's really all i have to say about it it's i know it's boring it's not it's not going to uh it's not going to make the front line news in terms of downing good day or bad day but overall fine coordinator but that's yeah. just the truth that's just what it is yeah and as if you've listened to us i mean that that's kind of consistently where we've been i mean yeah there's some issues there yep. but and listen, if if they were having this point production with Henry, with AJ Brown, with the healthy Julio Jones, obviously that would be a problem. But that's not the case. And you know, again, we we've been over the the limitations that those types of things cause. Um, all right, so let's get to some. We got some responses to you know the people that were the the hot take deal. People that were that had some pretty strong statements after this game. And I'll I'll bring that's up right. the, the the first one that I love. That the Titans would have okay. won this game with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. Thank you. This is the one I wanted to bring up first. Yeah. So, uh, so in case you're, you're unaware of what's going on and you want to contribute to this in the future, I tweeted out after the game. I said, 
got some hot takes for us after this Titans game. Reply to this tweet with any and all of them. Me and Jimmy, we're going to discuss them on the Home Run Throwback podcast, which is what you're listening to now for Monday morning. So if you don't follow us, first of all, follow us at jmorrismcm and at Easton Freeze on Twitter. And on my Twitter account or Jimmy's Twitter account, probably both, you'll see these after the game. If you have a hot take, if you got a, if you've got conviction about something in the Titans game, reply to that. We'll bring you. We'll we'll shout you out by name. We'll shout out your Twitter account, and then we'll, we may or may not agree with you, um, or we might tear you to shreds. But you know that's the risk you run. Just don't be dumb. So, anyways, yes, go ahead and get get started. Who who got who gave us this first one? Uh, and what did they say? I saw that one was from at Kobe Forever. Yeah, at yeah. Titan Titan09, Titan09, I think. Titan09, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, and I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I did not watch a single play in the Ravens Packers game, so I, I can't really speak to how well Tyler Huntley did or didn't play. Um, he was balling. Yeah. He, was a game, he, was a, he was a gamer. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that he, you know, accounted for four touchdowns and, you know, wish I would have played him instead of Kyler uh, on DraftKings <laughs> for, for sure. But, um, listen, like, come on, man. I, you know, Huntley is out there with their full complement of guys, right? I mean, he's got Mark Andrews. He's got Marquise Brown. He's got Rashad Bateman. Um, the Titans would kill to have those three guys right now. I mean, those the Titans three, would kill to have any one, any of, those one guys. of the three, but especially the three. Their line is good. I know that they've had running back issues. I mean, they, they've had a bunch of injuries to, to their running backs, or even you know back before the season started. But but Huntley and Lamar I mean, are running backs. Yeah, I mean, so. come on, come like again, drop Tannehill in in that spot, and I guarantee you, he's putting up numbers like he did last season. I mean, I just yes. that's to me that's ridiculous, and it's it's ignoring the context of what Tannehill is dealing with in the current state of what they have. First of all, uh, we're again recording this Sunday night. I just wanted to point out that the uh, Saints just are are currently about to sweep yeah, the Buccaneers over. in their season series. Wild. Um, second of all, unfortunately, every you said everything there was to say on that. Uh, Kobe forever, Tiefel Titan, Titan oh nine. Whatever your name is, thank you for the follow. Thank you for the response. But unfortunately, I think you've earned a thanks for the tweet exclamation mark response because that's that's just absurd. It's yeah. ridiculous. All right, what else we got? Okay, all right, we we'll do a couple of the other maybe kind of ridiculous ones. Dan, Dan Lowe at Dan Lowe Zero. He said a very very short, very <laughs> concise response. Tannehill is horrible. Time to draft a QB. What do we think? Overreaction, yeah. underreaction. Listen, we've we've addressed that, right? I mean, come on. We've addressed it. And if There's... you've been a Titans fan for any length of time, and you wander through the wilderness from McNair to <laughs> Tannehill, I mean, come on. Like, can we go and... back to Jake Locker because we can do that. We <laughs> yes. can go back to Jake Locker. Uh, Have I you mean... seen the draft class of quarterbacks this year? <laughs> yeah, gosh. They're, they're, it's a bunch of Jake Lockers. They're yeah. out there. Yeah. Right for the picking. Yeah, uh, so that's ridiculous. Unfortunately, Dan Lowe, thanks for the tweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, we got okay. So this one, uh, well, we'll go ahead and get this out of the way. Queen City Colors. Who, first of all, I owe, I owe a bit of an apology because I totally misunderstood the in, intent of his response, and I got a little short with you. It'd been a long day. I was I I I apologize on Twitter, but if you're listening to this, which you said you do, um, thank you for listening. First of all, and second of all, sorry for being short with you. But I also think your take is ridiculous, which which you said that the, the Ravens, and it wasn't really much of a take. This is what was confusing. You said Ravens put up, and this is at Lance McCuller, McCullers one. The Ravens put up 30 points with their backup QV. The Titans put up 13. Again, we just addressed that. Switch the quarterbacks, and it, the, the Ravens are liable to may, maybe win that game. 
the Titans are not moving the ball up and down the field with with a guy. And and let's let's be clear, Huntley. Like I have nothing. I have nothing personal against anybody that we talk about really on this show. Sure, but you know, I, I want to see guys like that succeed. I do, but you know, he's the kind of quarterback you see who looks amazing, like total gamer. Clearly he's an athlete. He he's a baller. He, he is he got a great leadership qualities about him. Kind of like a, a, I think he's kind of like a, a, a Taylor Heineke, but maybe not quite as talented passing the ball. Um, and so it's the kind of guy that typically comes in, looks awesome because no defense in the league has any tape on him for three, four games, and then defenses figure him out and they're dead, right? And so that's that's really what Huntley is. And if he ever gets to start somewhere, I I would be delighted for him to prove me wrong. Really, I would. Um, but that's kind of the reality with him. So And uh, well, I'll say, too, like yeah. he's in a perfect spot for uh, to fill in for Lamar. For his style right? of play. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the, they, the Ravens did a really good job of getting a backup quarterback that fits the skill set of their starter. And so they don't have to change a whole lot about what they do. I don't think Lamar's good, and that, that's a whole other thing. Um, but, like, they did give credit to the Ravens for seeing what they have, bringing in a guy that can, they can do similar things to, to what the starter can do and run the, I mean, run the same offense. And, yeah, good for them. I mean, I hate the Ravens, but, I mean, that's, you know, good for them. <laughs> no. Okay. Now, I think, I think we – let me make sure. Yes, we have gotten rid of all the ones that that uh, have earned a thanks for the tweet response. Now to some ones that probably will have some serious conversation about them. We'll start with Strauss. At M. Strauss tweeted us, the Titans will lose the division. Now this is a this is a timely one. We saw a lot about this online before, during, and after this game, right? Um, you know, I am willing to put my analytics nerd cap back on and explain the numbers because I did all that. But I'll I'll let you say whatever you want to say about about this. Is this a hot take or is this a little bit of an overreaction? Well, like you said, when you look at the numbers, it's it's an overreaction. Now, um, yeah. because here's the here's the fun thing about this, right? The Titans, if the Titans go and lose to the 49ers on Thursday, um, they still control their own destiny, right? Because the we talked about it, the magic numbers two. So they can lose on Thursday as long as they beat the Texans or the Dolphins and the Texans to end the season. They still win the division. All right. So that's the at least the fun part about this is we don't have to have a we don't have to have a conversation about you know watching the scoreboard until really until we get to what week seventeen at that point. Um, it, you know, and that's they assuming to, they lose to San Francisco. Right. If they lose to San, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If they lose to San Francisco, um, that that's still on the table. And that's assuming you know, they would have to lose to San Francisco and the. Colts would have to be. They play Arizona next week. I'm about to say right? yes, they yeah. did play in Arizona, which right. I, that would be. I would be terrified if I was a Colts fan. Like because yeah. what? Like what? What was that? What was right. that? Are you? Are, I wouldn't be banking on getting that version of Arizona, but but either way, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. and it's so, it's it's interesting because they could lose to the to the Niners. The Titans could, and it it could not matter because the Colts could lose to Arizona. Right. And, so you know, even if the Titans they lose still on, control the destiny. Yeah. If the Titans lose on Thursday and the, and then the Colts lose on Sunday. I guess they play on Sunday. I haven't looked, but um, then the Titans still only have to win one of their last two. So even if they then lose to the Dolphins, they can still yes. be the Texans and, and win the division. So I, I think that's an overreaction. 
am I, am I concerned about them finding two wins in these last three? Well, sure. I mean, after what we've seen the last couple of weeks, um, I, I, I don't think by any means it's a layup. I, I can't. They're not going to lose the Texans again. I just I, that that would be insane to me to to get swept by Texans in this season. They they are not. But not yeah, I mean, I, I think. We need you need to pump the brakes on that one a little bit. Just, they, they, listen, they played so well at the beginning of the season, and, and we said it at the time um, because I think when the when the Derrick Henry thing happened, didn't we wait until we didn't record until Monday on that week for some reason, and so we didn't record until the Derrick we had the Derrick Henry yes, news. Yes, we did. Um, and, yeah, you're and right. We so we talked about how I mean we, we knew the that game that win against the Colts was big, but we didn't know just how big it was until we found out that Eric Henry was hurt. And so then we talked about just the amount of ground the Colts would have to make up to get to the Titans. And and so, I mean, just from that standpoint, yeah, I think that's ridiculous. But <laughs> am I, you know, 100% confident that there's no way the Titans are going to lose this division? Not anymore. But by the numbers, I, I, I still am confident that they can that, that they can find a combination of one Titans win, one Colts loss through these last three weeks, and, and that's going to be okay. Right. I won't I won't go too far in depth. If you want the details, um I'll cover it more in the Titans 10 episode tomorrow, which will we're going to just a tiny programming note because the Titans are playing on Thursday night. Usually we go Tuesday through Friday. This is very complicated, I know, but we're going to push it all up a day so we can get it all in before the game. So the first episode will be tomorrow afternoon. We'll talk more about the numbers and stuff because that's kind of the programming of that show. We get into the numbers, getting into uh, all the details and all that. But the, the Sparknotes version of it is this. Going into this game, the Colts had around a 5% chance of winning the division after their win over New England on Saturday night. If the Titans were to have won... And if they were to have lost the Titans, which they did, um, so this is the case now, that the Colts sit around, according to the New York Times playoff calculator, which go check it out, go play around with it, you'll enjoy it. Just search New York Times NFL playoff calculator, you'll find it. According to that, the Colts sit around roughly a 9% chance of winning the division right now. Now, like Jimmy said, the, the magic number is two. The situation basically is the Colts could win out against they they play at Arizona and then against Vegas against the Jaguars I believe if they could win all three games the Titans would have to uh go one and two they the 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 Colts even though they are one win back of the Titans currently at eight and six the Titans are at nine and five the Titans of course hold the tiebreaker in the division having won both head-to-head games so the Colts have to do two games better than the Titans over these last three games which required them go three and the Titans going one and two and so, statistically, very, very low chance of that happening, right? Um, I have been saying since October, and I'm I, not only do I still believe it, but I'm even, you know, even if it was in doubt, which I don't think that it is, genuinely, I don't. But even if it was, and if it becomes that in the next couple of days, weeks, God forbid, for <laughs> Titans fans, right? Yeah. I, I'm going to stand by the idea that this division was won in October. It was won on on Halloween. Uh, when the Titans beat the Colts a second time, the Colts gave up their their place in the division race on Halloween before November or December even happened. The surge back is going to be too little too late, and the Titans are going to win the division. I think that they're still concerned about seeding, whether they're going to be the two or the three, potentially the one, potentially the four. Um, and so that's that. 
Um, I, again, if you want more numbers, if you want to nerd out a little bit more, listen to the show tomorrow. But um, if you're ready to move on, we can move on from that one. Yeah, absolutely. You got one more? Okay. We have we got two more. Okay. Yeah. One of which one of which is um Oh, I lost it for a second. Okay. One of which is No, you know what? I totally lied to you. It's just one more. No, I lied again. There are two more. <laughs> uh we'll do the one from from yeah, Coach Holiday at Titans Forever 595. Yeah, this is really great audio I'm putting out here. <laughs> uh there this is what Coach Holiday said at Titan Forever 595. He said there are two must-haves to win the Super Bowl. A good defense and a solid offensive line. Just like we had no chance to win last year with that horrible defense, I'm sorry to say there is no way we can win the Super Bowl with this horrible O-line. Overreaction or appropriate reaction? If they don't if the offensive line there. if the offensive line doesn't get any better, I agree with him. Now, what I, here's what I'll say is that I think that weird things can happen with offensive lines, and they can figure things out uh, in the course of a, of a season. So um, I, I'm not willing to say that they have no shot because of this offensive line. Um, because, I, like I said, I, I think they can. You, you can find that you can find magic and lightning in a bottle, so to speak, and you can they can play. You can. Put a unit out there, they can play well for four or five weeks in a row, and, and something like that can happen. But if they play like they did today, absolutely, I agree with him because um, the defense is good enough to win a Super Bowl. There's no question about that. I mean, we've seen that over the the course of the season at this point. But if they don't, if they can't, and the run the game is good enough the, to the win the Super Bowl. Is, I mean, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, the, they they've got enough even without Derrick Henry in the run game right now. Um, if, if they could do anything in the passing game. But uh, yeah, I mean, if they don't get any better, this te- they're not winning Super Bowl. I, I I agree with him 100 percent on that. Right. So, and Coach Holiday, I hope you're listening to this. I'm assuming you are because you responded. Um, him and I have a, a checkered history on Twitter. We go back and forth a good bit. Uh, I, it's no secret he gets under my nerves quite a bit. But I have to give him. I have you know. I, I'm you know me. I'm an analyst. I'm a journalist. I'm a broadcaster. Dripping, dripping in objectivity. And so I have to give him his flowers on this one because I think it's a really good take uh, for the most part. Here's what I'll say. I agree that with his with his um, comparison premise. of his premise that yeah. just like the defense last year held them back uh, in a way that, that seemed limiting to the point of not being able to make the Super Bowl, the offensive line is capable of doing the same thing. And I'll say this. I think, like I said, sometimes they're, you know, in terms of coaching, maybe it's coaching, maybe it's just health, maybe it's something clicks in terms of chemistry. We've seen lines very suddenly and sort of mysteriously get better um, in the course of a season. We've seen lines fall apart dramatically all of a sudden. And so yeah. and I would have to defer to somebody that is you know, beyond me at this point in my career. I don't know enough about how that works to know why exactly that is. But that's clearly the case. We've seen that happen. So it's possible um, that's the case. You know, sometimes all it takes is one game, uh, one thing to click and or, you know, the game in terms of game planning, they find the offensive staff finds strengths that they play to. But I think that there's a way artificially for the rest of the Titans offense to hide some of the flaws, some of the ugly on this offensive line in terms of pass protection and I think that person or people would be 
A.J. Brown, who hopefully is back this week, uh, and Derrick Henry, who hopefully is back by the playoffs for the sake of the Titans and, you know, watching good football and all that. Um, With A.J. Brown, when you get a guy like that back in the lineup, he's going to, like we said, it's going to change the way the defense has to play um, fundamentally against the Titans, just like we saw with Julio today in the past games. Past games, just like we've seen with with AJ Brown in past games as well, they have to double or bracket or spy those guys on essentially every play that they're on the field and lined up out wide. And when you have to do that, you're unable to send that extra help that you are attributing to that guy on you know uh, a, a slot corner blitz stunt or you know, drop them back and drop seven into coverage. Um, and so the pass protection, I think, artificially can be supplemented by taking away the additional hands, the additional bodies the defense has to throw at them. In a similar way, having a guy like Derrick Henry back, and we've established the run game is, you know, doing more than fine without Derrick Henry. Uh, it's not the same as with Derrick Henry, obviously, because, again, Derrick Henry brings that X factor. This year we saw it in the passing game. We see it in the way that, again, defenses fundamentally play the Titans, the way that they have to continuously put eight, nine men in the box. Um, His presence alone changes the way the defenses play the Titans. And so, like I said, his presence alone, I think, could be one of those things that artificially supplements the pass protection. Not only would he be in there to, you know, pass block, but again, you have men dropping into the box. You, You have the blitz packages look differently because they're having to respect the run differently. They're having to keep guys in that second and third level uh, to protect against big, big gashing runs. And so I think those are the ways artificially outside of the the offensive line, magic voodoo, just somehow getting better, um, which, again, is beyond me. We'd need to consult an expert on that. I think those are the ways that it can get better. That being said, that being said, whether or not the Titans are going to get those guys back, whether or not they're going to be, you know, conditioned up, and both of them have been on a, a pretty significant break. You know, AJ much less than Derek, but whether or not they're going to be ready to go fully in the way that they're, you know, capable of when they're fully healthy is yet to be seen. And so, whether or not that's the case, I think is very clearly very much up in the air. Um, and so, yeah, I agree with Coach Holiday. I agree with you. I think that if there's something that is like the primary thing that's going to be like, oh, that held them back. It is, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's either going to be their turnovers, which I think is far more likely to regress, than their offensive line just being what it is, right? Yeah, and if you talked about an offensive line expert, just kind of a a shameless Broadway plug here, Uh, Ryan Watson at Ryan on Broadway, follow him. Um, he has a lot of really good insight on offensive lines, how they play. He, he had does. a really good thread this week about the the issues with the Titans' offense and how you know the, just fundamentally the offense has to be different now without Derrick Henry. So give him a follow again at Ryan on Broadway because he he has a really good insight into offensive line play and, and how that affects things. So uh, go check him out just real quick and then go ahead and get the last one in here. All right, last one. Then we're gonna get out of here because we've been running long. But hey, this has been a good episode, yep. so don't complain. You're welcome to turn it off if you want to, but you don't because this is great content. So just shut up and listen. Last question. Uh, Caleb Searly, Cyril, uh, you you are always liking my stuff and yeah, my yeah. mentions. He's a good so dude. Feel, yeah, great dude. <laughs> feel free to correct me if I've got your name wrong. I'm so sorry if I do. 
but at Caleb underscore Cyril, S-E-A-R-L-E. He says, the offensive line needs ripped to the studs and rebuilt. Awan's not good enough for the money. Saffold Jones are diminished returning. uh, They are diminishing returns at their age. Nate Davis has regressed hardcore. David Questenberry just isn't good. Only starters that should return are Davis and maybe one more year of Jones. Now, again, this is very similar to the last one, but I, yeah. I bring it up separate because I I just want to know if there's anything in particular that you look at on the line and say this individual is the problem or these individuals are the problem or maybe missing this individual is the problem, right? Or do you think it's just a collective thing? No, I mean, I don't think he's wrong. Um, and again, that's that's a conversation for after the season because off season we will get right, into that. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, yes. it it is what it is right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think this offensive line is going to look a lot different next year. Um, I don't think Taylor Lewan is back on his current contract. Can they restructure and bring him back? Maybe. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think you completely write him off at this point. But I don't think they can pay him the money that he's owed. You know, going forward. Um, yep. Saffold has been good when he's been on the field, but he's been hurt. And give him credit. This is the first game he's missed, right? I, I mean, I, I think this is the first game he was inactive for. It is. It is. He's and been hurt all he year, but this is the first one. In and out of the lineup during games, he's gritted it out. I have nothing bad to say about Ben Jones. Um, again, a guy that's going to play, no, you know, no matter what happens to him. If he at, at all can be out there, he will be out there. The, the Nate Davis thing is probably the most confusing uh, of this group because he was really good last year, and he's been really bad this year. I don't know how that happens. Again, defer to offensive line experts there. They don't have the answer at right tackle. And, <laughs> again, you draft Isaiah Wilson to be your right tackle. He, you know, that's, that's well chronicled. Um, I, I agree with him that Dan Qu- David Questenberry, Dan, whoever, whatever his name is, um, not good enough. He's been serviceable this year. Uh, you know, we, we could talk about Dennis Kelly if, if anybody wants to. I don't understand that one, why, why they let him go, but that, that's a different deal. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this offensive line is going to have to be remade um, in this offseason, and that is a big problem just when you look at the capital that they spent there with a first-round pick in Isaiah Wilson, a second-round pick in Dylan Radins who cannot get on the field even at guard. Um, you know, I, I still – there were receivers that they could have taken there, and, and it would be a different thing. Um, I, I don't understand it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he's right. And, you know, again, that's not something that, that's going to be able to be fixed right now. They're going to have to make this group work as it's currently constructed. But I do think that they're going to have to spend more resources on this offensive line in this offseason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not, not a whole lot else to say there. The reaction said. I'm having fun doing it, and next next week we'll we'll uh, we'll pimp that tweet out again. Make yeah. sure everybody sees it and and uh, respond. Get your responses in there. Yeah. Get shouted out, and we will maybe tear you apart, or maybe or, yeah, call you Nostradamus. You never right. know. I agree with you. You never know. Yeah. So I mean, again, you know, Easton went through his programming note for Titans ten this week. Uh, the Titans do play on Thursday, short week. The 49ers yep. come here. Um, I think that you know having them travel across the country on a short week. I think that's a that's a good thing for the Titans. We'll see if we'll see how it plays out, but especially gets, in December. Right, and big to, road teams in December this late on a short week. It's not yeah, good for them. Yeah. And to get another you know long week after that, 
leading into those last two games that are that are going to be crucially important, maybe for the division, but it, but especially for seeding in the AFC. I mean, I, I think the schedule you know benefits the Titans a little bit in that way. But we'll we'll still record on Sunday night next week. Um, so you'll you'll obviously see the game Thursday night. We'll react to that and then look forward with whatever comes from there. But um, you know, again, <laughs> it, it, it today was a disaster. There's no doubt about it. But when you step back and look at it, the magic number is still two. They can still win the division, still get a home playoff game. The number one seed, I, I think, is a at best a long shot at this point. Um, you know, it was looking if they could have won this game today after the Colts winning last night, it, things would have it would have been a a much happier conversation as far as that was concerned because they need that buy. But I mean, it, they have yeah. to win out to have a chance for that. I just I don't. I mean, I listen, statistically, you- yeah, like you said, if they. Their odds are roughly fifty percent. So the fo- I mean, the focus should be for the Titans, obviously, and Titans fans, just win your last three games, and right. only good things can happen. The best thing, which is the one seed in the bye, you know, kind of a coin flip whether or not that happens. You need right. some help at this point, but win out, and you're in great shape. And you're there, yes. And, there and again, it's the NFL playoffs. All you got ultimately, all you got to do is get there. Get in, and the Titans get are in, in good shape. To, they're in great yeah. shape to get there. And it's the same conversation we had last week, right? I mean. We're going to have all this talk, but what's going to matter is how healthy they are with A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones. You know, that that's the that's the conversation. That, that's what we yeah. can you look forward to. Find a win or two here, win the division, get in, and then things can happen. So I think we've about yep. covered it for tonight. Uh, we have. So that'll do it for us. Again, home run throwback. Search that out wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, at MCM at Easton Freeze. Um, check that out. Check out Titans 10. As like Easton said, he'll have three days this week leading up to that 49ers game. So for Easton, this is Jimmy saying thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you again next Sunday. Peace. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.